Hello and welcome to the iCoach Kids podcast with me, your host, Owen Mooney. iCoach Kids is a global not-for-profit movement that aims to support children's coaches around the world. This podcast is the perfect resource for anyone and everything related to children's coaching and youth development. Wherever you get your podcasts, please make sure to like and subscribe to our channels and follow us on social media at iCoach Kids Pod. Also, please follow the iCoach Kids pages on social media and subscribe to the iCoach Kids YouTube channel where you'll have access to the massive open online courses as well as a huge number of videos and webinars. Thank you for joining our ever-growing family. On today's episode, I'm joined by Chris Van de Hagen, who is Director of Coach Education for the Royal Belgian Football Association. He is the assistant coach of the Belgian Women's National Squad and a member of the UEFA's Europe panel. Chris is a former high school teacher who speaks countless languages and he is one of the main architects of the elevation of Belgian football to unheard of levels of quality in recent years. On today's episode, Chris discusses the coaching switch, the philosophies and methodologies of the Belgian vision for youth development in order for coaches to do everything possible to develop the child and player in front of them and how fun is the major fuel in coaching. We also chat about Chris's coaching experiences, which began when he was 16, and how his teaching background has shaped and influenced his coaching and the importance of showing players that you care. Enjoy the show, and thank you for listening. Hello everyone, welcome to episode three of the Coach Kids podcast. As you can see, we're joined by Chris Van Dagen. Chris, you're very welcome on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. How is everything with you? Yeah, I'm very fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. So thank you for uh, for having me here. So it's always a, a pleasure to work in the I Could Kids environment. Class. So we're going to get straight into it, Chris. Um, so just for a broad background, and obviously you have a, a lot of experience in terms of coaching and teaching. And I want Kenny you to go into a little bit more detail about your coaching journey. So from your teaching experience up to where you are now. Yeah, I, I started uh, coaching very early uh, I, as I combined at, at the age of 16 years old. I combined playing football, which was my, my big passion, with uh, coaching uh, kids. This was only from very young age. At, at 16 years old, I, I knew that I want, wanted to be a teacher. Uh, and that's also where I spent 22 years of, of my life. I, for, for 22 years, uh, I was um, a language teacher. So teaching uh, young boys and girls between 16 and 18 years old uh, languages. And then, yeah, I, I got an opportunity to, um, to go to work uh, full-time for Belgian FA which was a, yeah, a, a huge opportunity of making my, my big passion uh, my job. So that's how I, I got now 12 years ago in, in the active in the, in the Belgian FA. And before I was working, like I said, from 16 years old in grassroots football. So I've, I've been coaching from, from 12 years old till, till senior football because after uh, about 20 years of, of uh, coaching children. I've, I've switched into the senior teams and, and for 10 years I've been working 
on amateur level, top amateur level in the third and the fourth league in, uh, in Belgium. Uh, I also worked as an academy coach and, and for a team of the first league. And then um, I, uh, from, from the very beginning when I was working at the AV in 2008, I started coaching the boys teams, the national youth teams under 15, 16, 17. And then finally I, 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 I switched into a job of the, uh, coach education director. And uh, because of that, uh, yeah, my time schedule, uh, I, ha I, I decided to, to quit as a, as a coach, active coaching. But one year later, uh, the director of women's football asked me, the technical director, Chris, please help me to develop our, our girls' football. And uh, so in 2013, I started coaching the under-19 national team, the girls' team, and, and I did it for, uh, for four years. And since uh, 2017, I, I joined the coaching staff of the women's senior team, where I'm now uh, assistant coach. And, and then also um, Roberto Martinez involved me in uh, the men's senior team and um, this was a huge experience for me as being one of the one of the main scouts of, of Roberto during the World Cup in Russia. So that gives you how I, I was traveling or making the transition from, from working in grassroots football all the way through till, till the top level now with, with world-class players uh, at, the men's, uh, at the men's team. So um, yeah. It, it, it makes me a unique profile, but it gives me also a big advantage of, of really knowing the, the reality of, uh, of, of football, of all this, the, the, the landscape of football, which is not only the professional games, which is a big, big uh, business today, uh, but also the, the, grassroots, uh, the grassroots level and, and the participation, which is, really has a huge importance for the development of, of the game. That's, that's nice. He brings us on now to the next part, Chris. And obviously this episode for everybody listening is called The Coaching Switch. So just as you mentioned there, Chris, in terms of the development, youth development. So with Belgian, um, there you have a, a distinct vision for youth development. And I know that if we talked fully about the Belgian youth development vision, it could have one or two episodes on its own. So if you could just briefly go over the vision for youth for Belgian youth development and how it started in terms of theory and up to where it is now and um, how that came about. So it started yeah in, in around the year in the year two thousand when we had the European Championship here in Belgium, and it, it was um, yeah it was a quite unique uh, project because it it uh, it's a co-creation. It's a, it's it was creating an, a common vision for development for uh, not only for for the Belgian FA because yeah as a football association you don't have players because the national team players that you develop in your youth teams they are playing in clubs so they belong to the club so it, it, it made no sense to say we're gonna make a vision for for the Belgian FA no we, we made it we decided to make it a vision all together with all the with all the clubs uh, also with with um, uh, coach educators and the whole technical department of, of Belgian FA to to sit together to work on a on a, on a common vision with only one uh, one objective: how can we develop better players in the future? 
And um, when you have that question, it's you start from the player. And, and it was very clear that from the very beginning, we really wanted to be 100% player-centered in our approach. And uh, if you say, okay, we, we want to start from the player, it, then this process that we started in 2000, it, it's, an, it's an ongoing process because if, if you want to be player-centered, you must be player-centered all, all over the way. So today we are 2020. It's, it's, the vision has, has been created 20 years ago. And the main principles, they are, they are still the same because they are based upon who is the player, how can we develop this player in the best way. And, and then you, you have been talking about uh, teaching, my job, teaching and coaching. But I think I, it's really important to add a, a third element in, in, that, uh, in this terminology, the most important one. And, and even teaching, it's, it's important. They, co they called my job, you are a teacher. But in, in instead of thinking about teaching, we really started thinking about learning. And this is really the crucial part in that, in that vision of development. We asked the question about how can we help the players to learn to play football in the best way. And, and that process is, is still ongoing. Like we all the time, we, we, we ask ourselves, can we create a better learning environment for our players and also for our coaches? That's then my job in coach education. How can we create the best environment to help our coaches to develop? And that's the same question we asked for the players. And if you start from the players, automatically that means that you're going to create a playing environment that fits the player. And I always compare it with, with the shirt. When, when, when your kids are growing up, you will be obliged to buy new shirts because the shirts will grow with the players. This is also the way we created that vision of development and the pathway for players. The playing format changes with the complexity. The complexity of the playing format changes with the age and the development of the player. So, and, and that's how we made a, a really um, big change I think about six, seven years ago, started playing football with, with the youngsters, five, six years old. They started playing 1v1 and two goalkeepers. So they start playing football in a 2v2 2v2 format, which is quite, yeah, what, it, which was quite a, a revolution when we presented this to, to parents because they all said, okay, football, now it's about 11v11, it's a, it's a team sport. And now you're starting playing 1v1 and two goalkeepers. And that is so how we try to convince the, the parents uh, that, that they have to, to, to watch the reality by the eyes of the, through the eyes of the players and not through the eyes of adults. And, and, and when, when you watch the game as an adult, you say, okay, this is about 11 v 11 on a big pitch. But when you, when you watch the game from, from, uh, through the eyes of a five, six years old boy or girl, you never talk about 11 v 11 because they are not able to deal with that complexity. And, and also psychologically, when they are five, six years old, when they have the ball, they don't want to pass the ball to, to a teammate. They just want to dribble and to score a goal. So that whole approach of, of, of starting from, from the player and, and the main question we, all, we ask all the time is, as a coach, who is in front of me? And how can I now adapt my learning environment so that they, that I can get the best out of, of the players in front of me. And, and when they are six years old, 
I have to I, I have to organize my sessions in a in a completely different way than when they are 15 years old, which is logic. And and, and I always compare it. I always even give the example of when you want your your girl, your your kid, a girl or son, son or daughter, you want to learn them to ride a bicycle. Which bicycle do you take? And then they say, of course, a small size bicycle that fits their 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 size. Okay, so why shouldn't we do the same thing when we organize a training session and and again, let's make let's create a format that fits um, the age and the the development of of the player. So that's how we created a whole new pathway, starting from two playing two v two, the next year going into three v three, then going into five v five and playing in a diamond, then going into eight v eight and only starting playing 11 v 11 at, at 13 years old. So that means that before that age of 13, you have all that time to really focus on, on the player and on the individual skills of the player to help them, to give them a maximum number of, of tools or to help them to, to build their toolbox to be ready for the real complex game of 11 v 11. Whenever, whenever you went about this, Chris, or you, whenever you went about this vision and you brought in the coach educators, you work with the clubs, you work with key stakeholders. What were the challenges then to get this viewpoint and this vision across? What were the main challenges that you incorporated? Um, yeah, the, the, the big challenges were, were everywhere the same. And, uh, and when I look back, when I was in the, in the mirror, I was back at my, my coaching uh, reality 20 years ago. I, I really have to, to admit, okay, we, we all were, were making the, the same mistakes like uh, thinking as a team coach. I say, okay, I'm coach of this team. We're going to try to get the best out of my team. And that's okay. But it's not sufficient. Because if, if this is the main mindset of a coach, and that was it, it, it was like that in Belgium, uh, you, you only thought, think about getting results with my team. Because that's what we identified as, okay, get the best out of them, that means results. But that's not the way we wanted to develop the players. So. We really may try to make that coaching switch and say, okay, forget about the team results and start thinking about every single player, every single player, because it's easy to give the, the, a lot of attention to the best ones, but what will we do with the less experienced ones? How do we deal with them? How can we keep them motivated? So that was the biggest change and, and uh, trying to convince the coach about if you, give, if, if you really focus on every single individual, what will happen with your team? Automatically, your team will become, will, will become better. But the difference will be that you will not lose players on the journey. And that's what happened before. There was, there was a, lot of, a lot of out drop or drop out because the players, when they don't feel valued, when they don't get the intention that they need, yeah, they quit. They say, okay, the coach is not interested in me. I'm not good enough. I don't feel that I'm getting better because I don't get the attention of, of the individual attention. So that's really the, 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 the switch we wanted to make. And, and how did we do this? Uh, mainly by, by leading by example, by showing this is how we're going to do it in our national teams. And we also have football elite schools where the coaches the, the, are, are uh, coaches uh, from, the, from the FA. And also there, we, we created a program based upon individual development and based upon every single profile of, of the players in, in the groups and building their uh, building, helping them to build on 
vary up to uh, up to senior football um, and this was the the biggest challenge we had and and the biggest yeah challenge to get people on board in our uh, in our in in our new vision and and a lot of people they say uh, okay yeah yeah we know we know we have to give more attention to the individuals and and that they know but it's easy to know and to understand but it's quite hard to do and why is it so hard to do because you always there's a big difference between a difference in consistency between what they do on the on the on the training sessions and what they do on the game so because of the emotions of the games what you see that a lot of coaches they forget what they have been doing during the week and once they're in that game environment it's it's all about winning and 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 they forget about about development and, and development of individual players so that was um, that was a big a big challenge and and uh, but I, I i i really see i'm i'm quite happy about when we watch our coaches today uh, we we made yeah huge steps uh, forward um in in that area of uh, of individual development and again going back to the kind of the coaches switch but thinking about it in a different way so you talked about we talked about the challenges there now but when when was it that you had in your head and again the coach educators in the Belgian FA that the coaching switch was working and that your vision was now being implemented when when did that actually happen and when did you get a good sense that here people are taking this on board they're looking at individuals now player centered and now we can push on even further now so yeah so we were looking for some tools how can you how how can we get uh, yeah more people on board and and one of the tools that we used was coach education like you, you asked the question so we organized free coach education uh, all over the country on the sea level so because the sea level was really was mainly the content of that vision of of development was really showing them um this is this is the way we want to develop players and and this was linked with with a, a, a creating a common playing philosophy and and from that period we started working on on the on a 4-3-3 shape uh, with uh, three strikers uh, wing players having create creativity in the game so uh, when we started delivering these courses it was like going everywhere and finding uh, partners yeah partners uh, or, or uh, yeah who who are convinced about about this approach and then we say okay now you go back to your club and please look for other partners try to convince your colleagues and and that's when when you when it it's it's hard to believe but if if you fly in a helicopter you fly over the football pitches in belgium you will see that now uh yeah and and it's already about 10 years that when 90% or more than 90% of the games you will see the same way of playing so really focusing on development of of a specific profile of players with wingers with creative players with a, a lot of uh, uh, possession oriented uh, football because that that's that's why the players why they why they like to play football they they want to have the ball so we really try also to develop them on the ball and that that was also a big difference uh, before we, it it was a lot about about running running defending and and counter attack now it's more it's really playing on the ball develop your skills on the ball and try to get the best out of everybody in in the game that's class and i get your in a way you're kind of creating a coaching wave so you're starting off with a small wave with the coaches coming on the sea license and then you're putting them back into their clubs to get 
to get the parents on board, to engage with the players, to create that extra people who are going to come on the course then later on, who are going to put your vision on the ground and make that vision a reality. Coming back to that, so thinking about now, in terms of the players, in terms of the competitions, you know, from under 14 down, um, if you can talk about how you change the competitions um, from under 14 down to align with this player development. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's leading by example. If yeah. if I I would say yeah, it's all the talk. If you say as an FA, okay, we want to be center player centered. So our approach is is really 100% player centered approach. Okay, then you have to you have to show it. So you have to do it. So what we did is say we we adapt the whole competition format uh, to 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 have the best environment for the players, which means. Uh, the playing formats we changed, I just told you, eh? starting 2v2, 3v3, 5v5, and only playing 8v8, and then only going in, in to 11v11 at, at under 14. So, uh, what also we said, we say they, they want to play. The kids, they come on the training sessions to play in the weekend, to play the game. So, there also we changed the regulations to help our coaches to give playing opportunity to everybody. So, we decided to play in four quarters, and, and when, when the new quarter starts, so it's like in basketball, you have a timeout, which gives you some time to, to do some feedback, individual feedback to your players. And then all the bench players, all the substitute players, they have to come on the pitch. So automatically, every child gets playing opportunity. Because in the past, we saw in a lot of games, the same players on the bench, and they can play the last 15 minutes. So now we help our coaches to get out of the emotion of the game and really to give them uh, a, a format where everybody can can play and and that's what uh, that's what the children uh, what the children like um and again just that brings itself nicely onto the next question for you that i have is you talked there about what children like and what children want so in your own experience again involved with the icoach kids project but also in terms of the belgian fa vision why do children take part in sport and why do children stay in sport? So of, of your experience in that, what has come back and what have you found out? Yeah, that, that is quite, it's, it's, quite, it's quite easy to understand. The, the, the parents, they think too much parents think about my, my kid is going to be the next Eden Hazard or the next, the next Kevin De Bruyne. That's how the parents think. But that's not why the, why the, why the kids start playing, playing football. So they, 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 they love the game, of course, they love their friends and they want to be yeah, together with their friends and enjoying the game. And that, that's, that's the, main, the two main ingredients, being with their friends and enjoying the game. But enjoying the game and not just yeah, uh, enjoying the game that the adult coach wants them to play. No, they're really, and, and that's how, how, how children are, they, yeah. That's the difference. We, we also want to have 100% under control. Everything we want to have under control. The children, no. They, there's, I, I often compare it like when I was six, seven years old, we, 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 and also later, we, we played street soccer. We could play football on the game. And, and the big advantage, uh, the, we could play football on the street. The big advantage there was two things. There was no, no coach to tell us what to do. This was 100% freedom. Freedom and freedom means creativity. And the second point, there was no referee. So we made our own rules. 
so we could try out everything we wanted to do. So that, that's also, that's what children like, to have that freedom, uh, to have that, that license to be creative and, and to enjoy their friends and, and the game. And, and I think this is really what, what we have to, to recreate today in the clubs, the street soccer environment that we had before. So we have to create that environment of freedom um, in, in, the, in the club environment. That's a great way of putting it because um, obviously I've thought about this and in terms of my own research on play and children and play, children just want to play. They just want to be with play. their friends. They want to have fun. They want to have enjoyment. But they're learning as they're doing that. They're learning yeah. through 1v1, through 2v2. They're learning about attacking and defending and transitional play without even realizing it. No, 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 and, 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 and I can give you a great example about what we've experienced now with the COVID period. So, and, and this, is, this, this again should be a, a, a really good lesson for, for all of us. So the schools have been, has, there was no school in Belgium for about eight weeks. So for, for two months, no school. So the schools, they reopened two weeks ago. And, and, uh, and then we saw some interviews with, with teachers eh, at, at the, with the youngsters, because the, the first one who, who could get to school were the very young ones, eh, four, five, six years old. Um, and then we, they interviewed some, some teachers. And, and uh, I, was really, I was really happy to see their answers, because they asked to the kids, the teacher, what, what are you going to do now with them? Because two months they have been away. And, and all of them, they, got, they, they, they all got the same answers, was let them play. And, and that's, again, let them play with each other. And this, again, shows us that's really the, the magic ingredient for learning. Learning happens through playing. And, and when they are playing with each other, they start being creative and they start to, to try out. And we as a coach, we are there like the teachers are in school, to organize that best environment, to, to, to make that this environment is safe, to give, it, to give them enough freedom to, to get them uh, into creativity, but also to keep an eye on them, to be their guide and to help them when they need your help. But not just, yeah, to dominate them and to tell them you have to do this. And no, no, it's not like that. You have to do it like this. Because this is the way I think you should do it. No, leave the kids, give them the freedom, let them play. And, and playing, it's, it's, it's a magic, magic, magic fuel for, for learning. That's, that's and, and then I, when I come back to, to playing, how do they want to play? They want to play, yeah. in a, they want to play a game that fits their reality. And, and a six-year-old child will play another game than an eight-year-old child. And, and I started, I started up the sessions here with our, with our under-17 team uh, three weeks ago after nine weeks of, of no game, of no training sessions. We started up the training session and I came back at home. I said to my wife, oh my God, they are 16 years old, some of them 17. They, they are crazy. They are just like kids. It's, it's like small kids. They, they run all over the pits. It's, it's, it's a chaotic they, it's it's a, an, an explosion of energy and they just want to want to get on the pitch and run and, and yeah and at a certain moment I, I said I asked myself do I have to make an intervention I say guys be serious no you can't do it because th that's what they need they have been for nine weeks 
in a closed environment, no sports, no parties, no, no school, no social contacts. And then you open it again and, and, and then you see this is what they need. They need each other. They need that social contact and, and, and getting together and, and doing stupid things together. And, and that's what we, what we have to respect. Who are they? What do they want? What do they want? And how can we now create the best environment for them, for their learning? And you're, by doing that, you're involving them in their learning, but you're involving them then in, you know, how, how you can help them in their learning through being a facilitator, through asking the questions, what will you do here? Why did you, why did you give that pass? Or why did you make that run? You're still facilitating their own learning, but you're doing it through social play then by asking them a question and get them yeah. involved to make a decision or to think and reflect about what they're doing. And I think that's kind of a little bit more difficult for coaches, especially new coaches coming in um, in terms of giving the players that freedom. You know, yeah, and that's, yeah. yeah, and that's very difficult in doing that. But a lot of the new coaches, without realizing it, by asking them a question, what would you like to do? That's play, that's social play. That's, they're getting to make a decision then. And then it's about making sure your player centered making sure yeah, that yeah. each player is involved, that it's consistent, as long as they're safe, as long as they're not hurting yeah. each other or themselves, yeah. there's nothing wrong. No, no, and, and there, for, for me, and this is also, that, that's the lessons then for us as a coach, educator, director, um, how can we help our coaches do, to develop, in my opinion, two very, very, very important skills. First of all is observation skills. And, and uh, please, I, I, I all, the advice that I give to my coaches is, is please don't talk too much, but try to listen and to observe more, more and in a better way. Because if you are talking all the time, you cannot see what you have to see. Just one thing, organize the environment, organize the activity, let them start up and then observe and step in there where they need you. And how you're gonna do that? Again, like you, you just told me, asking questions, and you will be surprised how smart they are. Yeah. And, and it's, like you said, why did you give the pause? Or if you, if you can, can do it again, do you have another option? Is there something else? And you ask to, to the different players, and you will see, uh, you will discover very quickly who are, who are the ones who will be the leaders in, in, the, in the group and, and to who you can give some, some more responsibility. And, and, and even like saying for the older age groups, on one session a week for 20 minutes, you decide what you're yeah. going to do. Yeah. So, and ask them, tell me what's, what's, your favorite, uh, what's, what's your favorite game, what's your favorite, favorite exercise, and okay, let's, let's, uh, let's do it. And, and uh, making like a, 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 um, a changing pattern like, uh, every week, there's, there are two others who, who prepare one exercise, and, and you will see how, how they, yeah, how, how they listen to each other and how, how they can they can help to to teach each other. Because if they can explain it to during the session, they will also do automatically a better coaching during the game. And this is giving that autonomy to them. That's uh, that's that's yeah, that's quite quite important and, and quite difficult because the parents they want the coach to take the lead. And, and the more the coach is shouting, the more, the, the more happy some parents are. But this is not how it works. It, it's like observation and second very important quality, 
asking the right questions. That's, that's these, these two things. Uh, if, if you observe really very well, you will be able to, 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 to ask better questions also. Again, it comes back to that you were talking about, obviously, giving the players more autonomy. It's yeah. the same during the game, because the, the, if they can embrace the chaos, and you can embrace the chaos during a practice session, then they'll be able to embrace the chaos during a game, and they'll be able to make good decisions and be able to reflect on what they're doing, but be able to help each other along that in terms of communication, um, in terms of the environment that they're involved with, but also as a coach, as you said, you talked about their uh, coach development, observing, listening and observing. If you're doing that during your practice sessions, then when it comes to a game, you're more in tune with what you want to observe and what you want to see the players doing so that you know you give them a theme, as you talked earlier on, one theme that yeah. you're focusing and on. You know, and can the players then do that during a game? And if they're, yeah, yeah, if they're yeah. not doing it, then again, you're asking them a question. I know that Sergio Sergio yeah, Sergio's done this before, and um, when I seen him doing it, it was I thought it was brilliant. He'd done it in some of his webinars. I know you've done this before, Chris. Is at halftime, yeah. and one yeah. of my I, w I worked in America for a little bit, and one of my younger one of my the under ten coaches at halftime, he just asked the players, "Listen, what would you do?" different in the first mm. half you did in the second half and they decided yeah. it he stood back and I know you've done this before and so has Sergio and it was the players coming up with the plan for the second half yeah, yeah. and it, it was fantastic and it gives them again autonomy it gives them a deeper understanding through the game as well and as you talked about the game is the teacher and that's yeah absolutely a lot before yeah, 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 and that's that's not just and, and a lot of people they think okay the game is a teacher I just let them play and that's it no 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 we, I come back about what I said. Observe, yeah. and you have to see what you really have to see. So if if you watch in a good way, you're gonna look for some some outcome. What do you what what is the main focus now when we play this this game in, in the training session? Uh, is it about creating overloads or, or things like that? Okay, have, keep an eye on that, and help them. Uh, to, to ask some good questions and to get some feedback from them. It's like giving them a, 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 a problem and say, okay, try to solve the, prob the problem together. And, and this is like you said, the half, at halftime talks, the, that, that's perfect to, to ask uh, some defender, okay, what about the defending today? What about the midfield? What about the strikers? And, and ask them, okay, what, what did we do well? What can we do better? Uh, how, how are you going to adapt it? And, and this is this is the whole learning process. This is really great. And and when they are used to do it in the training session, it's easy to do the same thing in the game. But when you do when you are all the time dominating them during the, the the training sessions, how should they have that autonomy in the game? They are not used to it because you are always there to to decide it instead of their, them. And it comes back to a little bit about respect in that sense. So you talked earlier on about caring about the players and player first and player centered and by caring about them and caring about their opinions and caring about the answers that you're given and that you trust them that those decisions that you're asking them to come up with then they're more likely to take part in that process because they know that listen the coach cares he's asking us a question he wants us to come up with the decisions if we make a mistake okay as long as we learn from that mistake everything's fine as long as we're constantly learning rather than the coaches deciding everything 
this is what you no, do, no. this is how you do it. And then the players are scared to make a mistake and are scared to be creative. You know, and yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's a difficult that, dynamic then. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the best, we call it create the best learning environment. And when we talk about the learning environment, we never talk about mistakes. We only talk about learning. So we, we, we didn't make mistakes. We saw that we are on the way, but we are not yet where we want to get. So it's, okay, let's, 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 get, let's put more effort to get the, the right result of the process. It's, and that's, uh, that's, that's what the players have to know. If, if, uh, if, if I'm making mistakes, the coach will never make, he will never make a substitution because we made mistakes. Yeah. No, and that's what, that, that's, if, if they feel, and, and I always say, if they feel that you are there for them and to help them on, on their journey, they will trust you and they will give you back. I, I always, I call it the, the multiplication effect. It's, it's uh, like, like cooking. When, when you make, what, what, as, a, as a cook, as a, when you're in the kitchen, you say, what, what I'm going to add in the, in the recipe to have some, some special taste. That's the same thing with, with, with the coaching. What you, me as a coach, what, what can I add in that group here? And, and when I add something, they will give me back so much more. And, and that's that, how they multiplicate what you give them. So that's how, how you, that's why I always say it's not about football coaches. It's, it's not about tactics. It's about, uh, it's a people, people business business. It's, it's uh, managing people. And the, the number one is the human being and the human being is playing football. That's the number two. So first you must, you must be able to get into connection with the human being, with the child, with, with, the, with the adolescent, with the senior. But then next step, next step is as a player. But first step is as a human being. And then, then it's all about respect and, and um, respecting each other. And when I give you some respect, I'm sure you're going to give me much more back. And that, that kind of brings us on to the next part. So in, in my experience, I'm, I've always enjoyed working with under four, under five, under six children, as well as adults. Now, if you give me a choice of under six, working with a group of under six or a group of, of adults, the children would win out nine times out of 10 for a lot of reasons. But in your experience, and obviously in mine as well, what are the similarities and differences from working for um, working within the grassroots segment to working with the Belgian women's national team? And yeah. how, do, how does your philosophy change or does it change? Or No, no your, your, your philosophy doesn't change because yeah. that's what just as I was talking about. It's the first layer, it's about human beings. And when I'm, I'm also, I'm, when I'm, I'm doing training sessions here in, in our grassroots club, it's grassroots level, it's youngsters. Most of the time, I'm, I'm involved in the, with, the, with the 16 years old group this year. So when I'm with them, last three weeks, I was also coaching the under 13. So they, they don't know me as a coach, but from the very beginning, immediately they feel, oh, that's, that's nice. We, we enjoy. This is fun. And after one session of fun, yeah, they, they are happy. They are happy to have you as a coach. And, and that's why... The starting point is the human being. How can we get into connection? And my first question before I go on the pitch, who will be in front of me? And how can I make the best environment that they enjoy 
and that they learn something because these are the two pillars that we all the time we start thinking about how can we get fun in the environment and how can we get learning environment so you always need to combine these two things and and what are the similarities between belgian national team and and the, these youngsters team sport we are in a team sport so how can we get the best out of our team and out of every single individual in our team so it's dealing with differences uh, because even on the national team there are differences yeah but the differences are linked to the personalities of the players when you are in a gr gr grassroots environment or in a kids environment most of the time you have two ways of differences you have different personalities and individualities always but also different abilities different levels so that's also a big 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 difference that in the high performance culture you are yeah you 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 have a a, a, a very on, between the players the football level is 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 very it, it's the same yeah but when you go to kids environment and and especially in grassroots environment yeah it's a mix there, there's a big mixity yeah so you have to be able to deal with these uh, with these differences um and uh, and if you if 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 you're only delivering a session for the best players you will lose all the other ones so that's really very very important that you keep that focus on dealing with the with the differences and and getting the the connection with every single individual and how does so in terms of we talked there about obviously the differences and similarities in terms of your philosophy so what about your personality then chris um does that change are you more of a again sergio and myself and you've talked about this before outside of this is uh, becoming a clown and for the younger age you know and be more fun and more enjoyable but how does your personality change between working with grassroots and working with the Belgian national women's team or does it yeah my, my 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 personality doesn't change it's my behavior that is changing so because you 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 can never you cannot change your personality because it's it's these are your values this is who i am i i really want to work with people i am i don't want to work with machines uh so i'm 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 a people man so i need social context so when you the social context with kids they are different as the social context with with adult people so what you're going to do is adapt and having you're just talking about fun i will tell you fun it's it's the major fuel for being efficient in your job if you have no fun yeah what's going to happen with 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 your job if you don't like your job if if i if if this podcast is not fun for me how how are you going to be happy about the result yeah. so it that that fun element must always be there but then you say okay what is fun for a 6 years old child and what is fun for an adult or an adolescent so this is how you going to how you going to adapt your your environment and your your behavior uh, based upon the people in in front of you and and it's it's all the time looking for two different things 
how can how can I make that they enjoy and how can I make that they become better? Yeah. And and, and because that every single individual needs the feeling of I'm getting better. They come to become, they come to enjoy, but they also come to learn something. And this this is this is how how we all the time as a coach, we all the time have to think about in our preparation. What can I do to make them happy? What can I do to make them learn? These two things are really, uh, really crucial. And yeah, sometimes with the youngster ones, you need to behave more like a clone than with the, with the older ones. And, but also with the older ones. So there are some moments that, that, yeah, you really feel like a clone because it's all about having fun together, but also to be serious because that's finding the right balance between, okay, when can we be 100% in, in fun, when can we? When do we have to be one hundred percent in in a serious or learning environment? It's, it's hitting that sweet spot as you were. It's giving the children and the players kind of roots to grow and wings to fly. Yeah. So yeah. you know, and, and that's your job as a coach because yeah. one of the things, and this kind of comes back to what you've been talking about throughout. It's about the person first, the environment, and. Most coaches have their players, obviously aside from a professional environment, most coaches have their players maybe two and a half, three hours a week. But that's a small window within that week of their life. So then how, how is your sessions and how is your coaching and how you treat the players, how is that improving their life outside of the sport and outside of their coaching? Are they becoming good people? Are they respectful? Um, do they enjoy coming to your sessions? Are they engaged in the environment are they improving their knowledge and learning but also are they yep. taking it into their school life or their relationships or their home life and that's extremely yep. important and that coaches sometimes maybe forget about is the influence that coaches have on children on youth players on adults on other coaches it's phenomenal yeah absolutely and and uh, yeah this is exactly why I, me, at the age of 16 years old, I knew I want to be a teacher because I was inspired by my teacher at school. And I said, oh, this, this, yeah, this is really, he shows me the way for my future. So in that future, now I'm talking about 40 years ago. I was 16, 15, 16 years old when, when, I, when, when I was for the first time in his class. Uh, and I said, this, this is what I want to do. So he inspired me with it. And this is some, also something I really want to emphasize. Uh, please show your passion. Show, show that you love the game. Show that you love being a coach. Show the players that you adore being with them and working with them. Because they feel, they really feel that you are there for them. And when they have that feeling, this is magic. This is how you make the biggest impact on, on, on the players. Uh, and and they, will, they will forget quite quickly the result of a game. But they will never forget from their life the impact and the moments that, that they had, that they spent with you. If these moments were good moments, they will never forget during their life. Never, never, never. Yeah, and, and that's, I, I've, I've been teaching for 22 years and now in the club here in our grassroots club, the, I see a lot of uh, students, ladies who were in my classroom there coming in with their kids 
And then they say, Chris, do you remember? And then I say, yeah, yeah, I remember. But they don't talk about, do you remember what you have been writing on the blackboard? Eh? Yeah, yeah. Nothing about the blackboard, eh? but about, about the amazing things we experienced when we were in Paris together for one week with 100 students being yeah, on their own, talking French to each other, uh, ordering meals in French. Yeah, experiences where, where it's all about social context, living together, having fun together. And, and this is, football is really the best school for life that there can be. And, and this is what we have to, to, to really emphasize when we are with the players. I really love that job. This is my passion. I show it to you. And that, that gives, that, that, that makes them do the same thing. Because once they adore the game, once they adore being there in the game, they will never quit. And, that's for, and, and they will learn the game in a better way if they really enjoy what they are doing. It's a, it's a very simple way of putting it, especially when we go back to the title, the coaching switch. And if you were to tell or if you were to encourage coaches to get involved and to give them some tips about the coaching switch and how they can change their behaviours to be player-centred and to be child-centred or um, coach-centred, you know, obviously if you're a coach educator. So what would be the, the tips for grassroots coaches, coaches who yeah. have loads of experience in terms of becoming player-centred? Yeah, I, 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 will, I will be obliged to repeat what, I, what I, I just said, one of the things is, is uh, show them that you, that you love the game and that you love being a coach. Show them that you are there for them. Automatically, what will happen? You will make them flourish. How can you make them flourish? By giving them freedom and by challenging them. By challenging them to get to the next level, like they do in a computer game. That's why they like computer games. <laughs> you are playing and they say, okay, next level. Oh, and they are, they are motivated. So do the same thing in football. You only can challenge them if you can fight, if you can, can organize the right exercise at the right level for every single player. Because if you're doing only one level, uh, that's the average level. But what about the best players? What about the, the, the less developed one? So you have to find the right challenges for everybody. Yeah? And, and then we... we we, uh, we, are, we use a lot about, uh, we call it in Belgium, ABC coaching, because the ABC is for the Flemish letters, but three of the four, three of, of, two of the three are the same in English. It's uh, giving them autonomy, working on their C is competences, and the B is, like in, in Flemish, it's betrokkenheid, and in English means being, uh, be, engage, be engaging, really engage them in the in the process and uh, another advice is please you as a coach you are not the norm the players are the norm so you should adapt to them yeah and the last one uh, and and now i tell it as last element but in a lot of cases when i talk with coaches it's my first question and um, and this is uh, why are you here why are you here as a children's coach if you don't, if you can't answer that question, I think you are not on the right place. So why are we here as a children's coach? So if we can give their 
a good answer, you will see then it will become easy to do the right thing for every individual. And, and, and I will finish by two small sentences. First of all, make them feel special. So, you know, they are all different. So you will have to find a, a different way to make them feel special. Yeah. And, and one of, and that, that's the last one. Uh, I, I, I compare always, I, 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 at the moment, since one month, I'm a granddad. So, oh, congratulations. Oh, yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. It's amazing, amazing. It changed um, a man's life like from one day to another. So, when, when you watch now that one month old child, so when they grow up, as a parent, as a grandparent, you do everything that's possible to help that kid to learn and to go forward. You want to be the best possible guide for that child on their journey. That's my advice for coaches. Try to be the best possible parent as a coach. Do as a coach what you are doing as a parent for your kids. So when my mother and father were helping me to make me walk, to make me eat in a decent way. How many mistakes did I make? I was falling down all the time. I couldn't eat in a decent way. I couldn't drink in a decent way. All the time they were encouraging me. Ali, try again. Uh, try to say mom, mom. Try to say that. That's, that's how we should do as a coach. Try to encourage them all the time. It's, it's not about making mistakes, it's helping them to become better step by step, day by day. And knowing that you don't have to compare them with each other. Because I have a son and a daughter, don't compare them. They are different. As when you have a group of 15 players, please don't compare them. They are all different. And of course, you will see some of them have more skills than other ones. But you will, you will not be able to change it. You can help them, but respect these differences. But encourage them all the time as you do as a parent to your kids. That is a class way to finish, Chris, in terms of your, your whole philosophy and your whole environment of um, giving players and giving children and giving uh, coaches as well autonomy to try things and to create a great environment for players for children for coaches for parents and it's a wonderful way of giving um giving a learning environment to coaches as well as i love i love that said of make them feel special and do everything possible to develop the child or the player and if you're doing that then you're on the winner in terms of participation and creating yeah yeah absolutely wonder creating a wonderful uh stage for the players and for the children to perform and to enjoy the process yeah, yeah. and and like you say as a coach at that moment you will you will be a big winner oh, yeah. because they will never forget yeah. in their whole life they will never forget all these moments that they spend with you and then you are a big winner because then you are a winner for life and not just for one game and that's really and i know competition it's that that's the most difficult thing for coaches 
the most difficult thing, how to bring together individual learning and competing together. That's the most difficult thing. And I know for, at, some, at some moments, it, 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 it's really difficult for a coach, especially with the older age groups. But yeah, this is a challenge where, um, also for myself as a coach, I, have, I had to learn a, a lot about that to, to, be, to be able to take up one step back and to say, keep control over your emotions of, of, of the game and of competing and think about why are we here? How can we help them uh, to become better uh, and to give uh, yeah playing opportunity to everybody? It's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah, it's a journey and the, it's, it's a journey and it's a process. And if you do the right things, the, the result of the process, you will be ha happy about that. Class. Chris, it has been absolutely fantastic having you on. Um, just like the first two episodes with Sergio and with Stephen Behan, um, it is Netflix and Nintendo came up. And obviously you talked there about computer, computer games in terms of scaffolding and the levels and making it more relevant for the people in front of you. Um, I love that analogy that obviously Sergio and Stephen have talked about before, but it's something that has resonated with me over the last two episodes and especially today with you is coach the person in front of you. And anybody listening, it's the person first. It's the child first. Um, thank you for listening. It's been great having Chris on. We're, we are only scratching the surface here in, in terms of the episode so far. And Chris will be on again to delve further into the vision for youth development with Belgium, as well as a few other um, key ingredients that we have taken notes on today. Um, Chris, thank you for having Thank you for being on the show um, and take care. I'm going to speak soon. Okay. Thank you for having me. Really a pleasure to share our experiences with the maximum number of coaches because that's what we want to do, create a learning community all over, all over the universe and share with each other and help each other to be better for the kids. Perfect. Take care, everybody. See you soon. Bye-bye. Remember, wherever you get your podcasts, please make sure to like and subscribe to our channels and follow us on social media at iCoachKidsPod. Also, please follow the iCoachKids pages on social media and subscribe to the iCoachKids YouTube channel where you'll have access to the massive open online courses as well as a huge number of videos and webinars. Thank you for joining us today. Stay safe and take care.